to Free Talk Live. The phones are open. If you want to join us, you can do that. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Coming up, the unvaccinated-only lockdown happening in the Northern Territories of Australia. And also, what's been going on with a tennis player that has been imprisoned in a hotel in Australia. I don't know if you guys have heard about that story, but it's Mm-mm. pretty crazy. That there's, does sound crazy, though. This is odd because he's fighting for his right to not get sent out of Australia. If they were doing that to me, I'd be like, okay, uh, next flight out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll just see myself out. They're keeping him in a hotel that has been known for maggot-infested food because it is yeah. not a real hotel. It's a detention center that is... Like in the building of a, it's like basically a hotel that's been converted into a government operation, as I understand it. So we can Yikes. talk about how ugly that uh, that situation is, and of course your calls and thoughts are welcome. But we're actually going to start out tonight because uh, normally if the if more than one host on Free Talk Live, we all independently do our own show prep and you know looking into what we want to talk about. If we usually agree, if like we bring in the same story, it's almost a guarantee we got to talk about that. So Chris, you and I had the same news about. Firefox. Now, normally you don't, you know, Firefox doesn't make it into the news. It's just a browser, right? Like it's one of the world's most popular browsers. It's uh, probably doesn't hit mainstream news. No, it it tends not to. But yeah, maybe in like the tech world, it'll it'll hit the news here and there. Uh, But this one is definitely like it's cutting into some different areas because this one's hitting the Bitcoin uh, news because the Firefox browser, which again. Just a browser, right? Like, it's an open source browser that's been around for a long time. And recently, in the last year or two, it seems to have gotten really political. Have you oh, noticed that? It's not just been the last year or two, I don't think. That's when it I came mean, across my radar that they were... Mm, political in what way? Yeah, it's... Uh, like, leftist. Yeah, it's it, yeah. It, well, you know, it's actually interesting because there's been a conflict between the left and their... I want to say their right, um, but it's... It's probably like the left versus everybody else. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, over the years, and actually one of the founders, I think it was, actually... um, Of Firefox? Yeah, was actually like kicked out of, or one of the lead developers was kicked out of like the Mozilla over, um, I think it was his support for like some anti-gay bill or something in California. Oh, wow. Or something like that. And... um, yeah, and it, like it was pretty crazy. Like so it just, we, they don't care how good of a programmer he is, his opinions right, are he's done right, for. right, right. And um, yeah, it was kind of crazy too because it was like somebody had to dig in to the fact that he made a donation to some, you know, foundation or whatever. That, yeah, people were checking on right, 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 right. So it wasn't even like he was causing problems mm-hmm. or anything, like mm-hmm. with bringing his politics into the workplace or anything like he that. Didn't threaten another? No, 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 no. It was yeah. literally just it was actually other people within the, wow. within Mozilla causing problems. A witch hunt. Yeah, a witch yeah. hunt. Exactly mm-hmm. is what it was. And this is kind of I think uh, similar to that same uh, story in in that respect. It's it's I mean it might not be a witch hunt specifically, but it's it's the same sort of political nonsense um, that has kind of uh, it's not ju- it's it seems to be like the in Silicon Valley in particular, but um yeah so this one's uh, maybe even dumber. I mean because you could understand if. If there were issues between staff members that you don't want them fighting or whatever, yeah. you, you know, you could understand. I mean, I don't agree with what they did to that guy. Right, I, right. You know, just, just now hearing about it. But 
now they're literally going to cut off funding from themselves. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's pretty stupid to cut off a, an old school programmer that's been with you for years. That's pretty dumb. Yeah, and it's, and it's also really it's, dumb to say no. We're not going to take money from the, our donors. The sad thing about Mozilla is that it, they actually have. Despite all of all of the problems and things that they've done over the years, you know, from both a technological standpoint and a political standpoint, uh, it's still one of the best browsers out there um, from varying uh, angles when you start, you know, start looking at it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not uh, it is more privacy friendly, even though they're doing some things that are not as good as they could be um, by comparison to, say, Chrome. Um, I was going to say, do you have a favorite browser? I know yeah, that you I still, look closely at these things. I still prefer Firefox. Um, over you know even with the, all the drama yeah the- yeah um and it's just because it's it's like it's still like the least bad what about I chromium think, the um, browser where they strip out all the google from chrome right? yeah Isn't so that- i use chromium a little bit too actually mm-hmm. um it's they basically the, took the Google Chrome code and they took out like the worst parts. Yeah, of it, and it's right? actually interesting because um, let's see, I'm trying to think. No, no, no. I think I'm thinking of Safari. Um, yeah, no. Um, but it's yeah, no, no, no. Chromium is 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 okay. It's just it's not as it's still it's it, like like it's a Google product, right? Like mm. it's Google. Well, they don't make Chromium, baby. right? Like it's they the, don't. They, it's they a create fork, Chrome. It's a fork of Chrome, right. uh, but without the proprietary components, mm-hmm. more or less. Um, but they still, there's going to be things that are inherited in Chromium that mm-hmm. are still not necessarily to our preferences as users. I see. And so there stuff are, they just can't get rid of. You mean? I, I mean, there's only so many people you know who, who work on it, right? Mm-hmm. Develop it and so forth. And so you know they can strip out things and here and there, but it's 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 not quite the same thing as developing something, right? Like, um, and so it's it, Chromium is you know effectively Chrome uh, minus a few components. Is that also your critique of the Brave browser? because it was based on chrome and then they put in like privacy yeah, protections it, oh that's the guy who um got kicked out of mozilla actually oh really i actually oh, originally wow. thought that he forked firefox and i found out later that no, he forked chrome. chromium mm-hmm. um and, and and made the the browser that he did brave? um yeah. yeah brave brave, brave um, i think if i recall correctly brave builds in ad block it builds I, in yeah um like the the sort of the uh the tracker right right right, right. protection I, I am not I'm not a huge Brave fan. I do, however, like some of the things that Brave uh, has like attempted to do and going and the route it's kind of gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some crypto things going on. Like it's got built in uh, some sort of cryptocurrency. Yeah, um, they've got a token. Yeah, um, and they uh, they pay people to run websites. Well, it's not that that make that that is interesting. And maybe maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm just mistaken about this too. But don't isn't there a actual like cryptocurrency wallet built into the browser? I don't know about that. I've never heard that they've a gone lot of that people far. get confused because Crypto.com's logo looks just like the Brave browser. Well, actually, Crypto.com is an advertiser with Brave. So what mm. happens with Brave is you open up the browser and they show you an advertisement. Maybe that's what uh, I was thinking and of. So it's a lot of times it's from Crypto. So, yeah, and there's some other things. Like, I think they integrated a torrent, uh, a torrent like streaming client. Mm. So, like, you can watch torrents, uh, videos that are interesting in torrents i guess basically through the through the browser which is kind of cool okay um, whereas okay. other browsers you'd actually have to install a plugin so i thought that was kind of cool um so yeah. you don't hate any of these other competitors to google i mean it sounds like you're open my open to them the chromium the brave um i but you prefer firefox when yeah all said and done. I, 
I my preference is to take Firefox, install mm-hmm. it, and then you know make some changes to the configuration. I see uh, to disable a few things that are not in the user's interest. Um, I still think that the fundamental uh, core component of Firefox is you know is the best and i'm not saying it's mm. like the fastest necessarily or anything like that i just mean from like a particularly from like a uh, privacy perspective and a um uh security perspective it's had a lot of time uh to have bugs fixed things like uh Tor browser are based on firefox that's true yeah and yeah. so it's there like there's definitely some things in firefox that you're not going to just magic or in yeah, in Firefox, you're not just going to magically have in other browsers at the core fundamentally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even though there might be bugs in, in Firefox, you know, uh, still and issues, it's still, I think fundamentally, it's still better than. But you've got, you, let's just say your um, spidey sense has been raised when it comes to Firefox because of all this politic- politicizing, right? Like you've got to be, <laughs> you got to be watching them carefully because you never know what they're going to put. Yeah, in. yeah. It's definitely something that I would want to keep a closer eye on um, as a user because they've definitely demonstrated that they can't be trusted and uh I, and if the problem is that you can't trust these other browsers either so mm-hmm. it's like it's just like who do you trust the most and I, <laughs> I feel like it's still firefox but it's it's still it's like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who, who won't use firefox for political reasons not not like um more like technical reasons than than uh like what we normally think of as political reasons but um yeah well, they're definitely of stuff getting political done, but... when it comes to the the funding that they're willing to accept they right. apparently the worst part about this is it's not even made in really good faith because it, if you just do a little bit of research you'll see that their reasoning is flawed oh yeah for sure yes that's true we'll get into it here uh, why did they they announced they were going to begin accepting cryptocurrency or i guess they have been for years uh, but they announced it recently and got a bunch of pushback, I guess, because then with less than a week later, they said, no, never mind. We're coming up. We'll explain. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live phones open if you want to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about... A disappointing decision from the developers of Mozilla Firefox, one of the world's most popular internet browsers. And they're saying basically that they're going to stop taking cryptocurrency (laughs) after years of accepting it. And after just a few days after making an announcement that they are accepting cryptocurrency. (laughs) So on December 31st, on their social media... On the Twitter, at Mozilla, they say this, quote, Dabble in Dogecoin? Hodling some Bitcoin and Ethereum? We're using BitPay to accept donations in cryptocurrency. And then they put the link to their BitPay, where you could then donate in, I imagine, a handful of different cryptocurrencies. And then within uh, exactly one week later, they took it all back. And we'll tell you more about it. Coming up here. Hold, hold that thought, Chris, because I know you got more to say about this. The number is 603-283-6160. But speaking of Bitcoin, if you want to learn about cryptocurrency, because smart companies are accepting cryptocurrency, <laughs> uh, because they understand that these decentralized forms of uh, internet money basically are the future. These things are not going away. I mean, not all of them are going to survive, 
but Bitcoin was first and it's probably going to stick around for a very, very long time. So, you know, if you want to be with it, if you want to be on the cutting edge of things, then you need to start learning about crypto. Go to Bitcoin.com, click Get Started at the top of the page. They will teach you about Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash there. You get some of the basics about cryptocurrency by clicking Get Started at the top of the page at Bitcoin.com. Now, if you're not brand new and you want to get the latest news headlines, they've got those two every day updated uh, over at News.Bitcoin.com from across the world of cryptocurrency at News. Bitcoin.com. But yet Mozilla is walking away from this multi-trillion dollar market and saying, no, even though <laughs> our supporters are by and large technically adept people who would likely have cryptocurrency, we are going to just say no and not accept any more crypto donations, according to the story here that I have from Android Police. We only want donations in currency that goes down in value. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Because if you if you cut out cryptocurrency, all you have left is government money. Because I suspect you can't donate gold to them very easily. So they uh, they say here at AndroidPolice.com, Mozilla on the verge of the new year broke loose all hell when it reminded people with a playful tweet that it was accepting cryptocurrency donations. With Mozilla founder Jamie Zawinski and many others brutally criticizing the tweets, memified dabble in Dogecoin and huddling some Bitcoin language. As such, the company has decided to review its practice and is suspending CryptoCon, uh, CryptoCoin donations for the time being. In a series of tweets, Mozilla said that it still thinks that, quote, decentralized web technology continues to be an important area for us to explore, but a lot has changed since we started accepting crypto donations, unquote. The discussion following last week's tweet, quote, led to an important discussion about cryptocurrencies environmental impact and the problem with this is that it doesn't have the environmental impact that the naysayers will want you to believe um it's when when they're talking about like how much energy it takes to like mine a bitcoin it gets mined and then it's done right it it doesn't take uh you don't it's not per transaction and they're basically associating i think it's like well like Every transaction they're associating with the cost of mining that initial Bitcoin. Well, the mining goes on, right? Like, you know, when they've mined Bitcoin, the mic- the Bitcoins are available in the network. But right. if the mining doesn't continue, the network is dead. It's you have to true. have mining for the transactions to come through. However, uh, what you really want to focus on, in my opinion, about this question of the environmental impact, because it keeps getting brought up by the Bitcoin haters, by the big bankers, yeah. these people. Go ahead, pull up the numbers, look at the banking industry. <laughs> and look and see how much power the banking industry sucks down every single year. Yeah, have you ever been inside a bank? You see like 20 computers. They're all on. Lights everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they got to leave yeah. the lights on all day and yeah. night because theft. Yeah, so there's no shortage. And and the things you're not seeing with the with the banks, Bonnie, are the back end uh, processing centers. I mean, there's all kinds of there's places where they just move checks through, and you know, there's there's uh, office buildings that customers aren't allowed yeah, in, but there's all kinds of bureaucracy. It's, in there. it's also kind of humorous because it actually is more efficient the more people use it, right? Um, you talk about Bitcoin, yeah, crypto. Well, crypto in general. Um, actually, it's kind of humorous because too because Bitcoin is not as efficient in some respects as or doesn't scale as well as other cryptocurrencies, mm-hmm. which is also kind of if if they were talking about Obviously, you're talking about crypto and not just Bitcoin, but if they're talking about Bitcoin specifically, maybe there'd be some argument to it only because they've kind of refused to allow it to scale um, and implement, you know, the technological, you know, um, fixes to to increase its ability to scale. But I don't think that would change the crypto in general. 
If you um, if you doubled the, I mean, without getting too technical yeah, here, sure. Um, the scaling with Bitcoin is a problem with a uh, a data factor. It's a block size. So yeah, sure, the right. block size right now is one megabyte. Right. There were proposals to double it and to, to, to quadruple so, it, and and those never went through. And that's right. what's the bo- that's the bottleneck. If you were to double from one megabyte to two megabytes, you would double the throughput right. as far as the Bitcoin is concerned. But that doesn't change the mining factor. The miners still have right. to keep cranking away, no matter how, what the block size is. So right. that wouldn't have an effect on. The quote-unquote power, you know, consumption of Bitcoin. No, it doesn't. But it would it would reduce from a from a transaction perspective how much energy was. I mean, because it can't because effectively what you'd be arguing is it can't scale, and because it can't scale, then you you have a limitation on like how efficient it can be. So you'd only ever be able to do four transactions a second or whatever, right? But it needs mm-hmm. in order to be sufficiently efficient it has to scale to i get millions, what you're you know saying. What I'm saying you're saying so that if it, we scaled bitcoin to say mastercard mastercard would be more efficient you're than saying the cost per transaction would go down yeah if, right, if right that's exactly okay. the problem so I get what you're so saying. it's it's it, it but if you increase the block size then it goes it becomes a sort of more efficient kind of and thus more transactions and thus it, it, yeah no i yeah. see what you're saying there but as far as the actual power usage it would not affect it so it would be more efficient from right. a cost per transaction, right, showing right. people so, a different number. Right, and this is why I'm this is why I'm saying that like it, it actually it, you're actually damaging the environment by not accepting bitcoins in a sense because well, it means there's fewer people using it and fewer people using it increases the uh, you know um you know the kind of the costs. I'm just not going to accept the idea that you're damaging the the environment at all. Uh, to use Again, I'm I'm just because, let's just assume for the sake of argument that they're right and it damages the environment. If we're comparing, you know, the, bank, the traditional banking system to the crypto system in terms of, you know, quote unquote environmental damage, mm-hmm. you know, the traditional banking system is a multiple factor. Like they are I forget I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I can pull it up. It's a lot more. Oh, it yeah. costs a lot more in electricity to right. run the traditional banking system. So, you know, the idea and of course The other thing is the military industrial complex is the most damaging entity in the world. The US one alone is the most damaging entity in the world to the environment. That's true. And they do yeah. a lot of using pollution. dollars does nothing but fund the military industrial complex. Yep, that's yeah, true. It, and this is a this is a this does bring up a really point. interesting point too, in that what do you actually include in that number in terms of like the cost of dollars, right? Because dollars is effectively dependent on government, right? Whereas cryptocurrencies, they're not dependent on government. The government can go away and cryptocurrencies still exist, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If the government goes away, dollars no longer, there's not going to be more dollars, right? That's great. Um, So we will continue here and it is worth having this discussion because it's one of the common objections that you hear from people who are completely uninformed about cryptocurrency. They've heard that it hurts the environment. Yes. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. We'll continue here. The number is 603-283-6160. But Mozilla Firefox has bought into it and has reversed their position after years of accepting crypto. And they're saying they're done with it. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. We started out talking about the Mozilla Foundation, the 
don't know if you call them a company. I guess they are a company, right? Like they've got a CEO. Yeah, actually, uh, there's a corporate. Um, there's, there's two parts of the Mozilla. One's nonprofit, and one's a corporate entity. And I, the, I, I believe the corporate entity is owned by the nonprofit. Um, One of those kind of shell game things with corporations and yeah, government. Yeah. So they make this browser. A lot of people know about it. It's called Firefox. And they've been accepting cryptocurrency donations for years, apparently, according to uh, the folks over at Amazon Police, I think it is. I don't know where it is. Oh, a- not Amazon Police. AndroidPolice.com. <laughs> but they started taking it as far back as 2014. And they just recently just reminded people on their social media on December 31st that, hey, we're, we're taking Dogecoin. We're taking Bitcoin, mm. Ethereum. Here's our link. You can donate to us. And then one week later, they say, quote, starting today, we're reviewing if and how our current policy on crypto donations fits with our climate goals. Mm-mm. And as we conduct our review, we will pause the ability to donate cryptocurrency. So there were enough people who flipped out online over them just simply pointing out that they take cryptocurrency and they went ahead and they they reversed course and have stopped the ability for people who support them which i don't think you should support them i mean there is another reason in case you needed more than one reason uh you can use their browser but i don't recommend giving money to these people they've completely politicized themselves and clearly it's to them the climate is so important and look the reality of it is It's BS. The climate is important. It's just BS to say that using cryptocurrency hurts the climate. You shouldn't give in to their dumb argument that's false, patently false. No, I'm not giving in at all. And this is something we were talking about off air here is that it costs more to produce certain coins in the United States than the coins are worth themselves. You mean the government money. Government's own money, right? So like this idea. for a penny or whatever. Right, exactly. (laughs) This idea that like, okay, so uh, the, the... it doesn't cost more to produce than it than it's worth, right? In the yeah. case of cryptocurrencies, so if it were, then people would not do it. Yeah, right. right. Like it has to be worth doing in order to, for people to mine right. cryptocurrency. It only is profitable to mine cryptocurrency if it's worth more than the cost of actually mining it. Correct. So. The electricity, the equipment, right. you know, the rent or whatever if, it is you, you got to do. In in instances where it uh, let's see, it, it costs more after a certain period of time, the uh, it becomes easier to mine uh, to mm-hmm. reduce the cost. Therefore, you know, continuing the mining of the crypto. Right. That's so, another important point to bring up is that mining cryptocurrency accelerates the development of efficient you know production of this thing right so like people who mine want to have the most efficiency they want to take the minimum amount of power and get the maximum amount of results right and so they're constantly demanding more efficient mining uh, technology as far as the actual electronic devices that they're using and they're looking for cheaper and cheaper sources of power so the fact that the market is demanding these things means that people are going to do their best to discover and supply them. Right. And, and some of the things to point out, too, is that some of the cheapest electricity is actually uh, the most environmentally friendly, like hydropower. Mm-hmm. And there are certain points of the day, for example, also, uh, where it's less expensive to mine. Sure. And that's usually when the uh, nobody people aren't using the power that's being generated. So right. it's, it's, it's what you call waste energy. It would be produced, but it wouldn't be used 
anyway. So mm-hmm. it's actually now uh, being used to produce something that actually is worth something because it has because, you know, it, well, think about it. If you had to go back to bartering. Right. Because that's effectively the alternative. Right. Um, it would be it would cause all sorts of you know costs, environmental costs. Right. Sure. So the it actually has a positive environmental effect, not not this negative environmental effect that they're, yeah. they're, so, they're claiming. Well, and meanwhile, like you were saying, the government is switching on the lights and switching on a bunch of machines to create a penny that's take costs five. I mean, three cents to make. Right. I don't need to go to my bank to send a wire transfer if I can you know, use crypto to do it. Right. Hmm. Um, and, and that's the crazy thing. It's like, you would think, you would think that you, in this age, you wouldn't need to go into your bank to do a wire transfer. A lot of them require it, but mm-hmm. most people who go into a, uh, who want to do a wire transfer have to go into their bank to do it because unless their account is set up a specific way and you pay a certain yep. amount of money every month, you got to go into the bank to do the wire transfer. It's a huge pain in the butt. Yeah. And that has a cost associated. It's a human cost associated with it. Because a then heated building or right, air conditioning Pay somebody building. to do it. And right. All of this stuff. And it's not even just your bank. It actually has to go to what's called the Fed. So there's another Correct. party involved. I mean, it's it's extraordinarily expensive to do a wire transfer. I've seen it cost as much as $120 to do a wire transfer. Yep. Um, international? For international sure. wire transfer. Um it doesn't and that's and, and that they get was, lost sometimes uh, and they <laughs> yeah and the funny thing is the funny thing about that is in the one particular case i'm thinking of the goods that were being purchased were like maybe 200 dollars or less oh like it almost cost more t- for the wire 50% transfer percent of the cost yes to- and this wasn't from like a third world country this was from yeah. like sweden or somewhere wow. like that um so it, it it's yeah it costs a lot of money uh, well, the, the banking best, system the best you can do when it comes to the banking system and the energy usage of the banking system is to you know estimate it uh because i mean how how would you possibly get that data right like a lot of that stuff is is proprietary information of the banks they don't they're not going to tell you how many rooms they have and how many light bulbs they have and how many computers they have and yeah i mean so, you can get some estimates though based on like how many branches a bank sure. has and then look at the top you know 100 biggest banks and i and, suspect that's what they did yeah uh, in this case the they is a company called galaxy digital that released a report last year so numbers are fairly recent uh this story coming from cointelegraph.com that the banking industry consumes over 260 terawatt hours per year in power. The banking industry, which includes ATMs, card networks, bank branches, bank data centers at the top 100 banks. Uh, so this is a low number, right? Like this is a conservative estimate as far as what the banking industry uses. By comparison, you want to take a guess at Bitcoin? I just don't know what tera, I mean, this tera is, hours. I mean, what is it? Tera what? Terawatt hours. I think comparing it this way is kind of confusing because the banking system is so much larger than Bitcoin is right now, but or cryptocurrencies in general. But at the same time, if you look at it like on a per transaction cost basis, certainly cryptocurrencies is way lower than you know uh, sending a wire transfer or you know just just the cost of using. But the average person arguing that Bitcoin is bad for the environment doesn't even realize what you're saying that Bitcoin is also a, a smaller. Um, thing in general than the banking industry. That's right true. Now. So they they just think, oh, it's just that I heard somebody say that Elon Musk said that it was. It's a big number. That's all they hear. It's like, yeah, except that relative to like per cost transaction, and and the per and just to be clear, the cost of the transaction has a um 
uh, a connection to the environmental impact, uh, which has been shown. Um, so, you know, when it costs less to do the transaction with cryptocurrency over, say, a credit swiping a credit card, um, you you can see very clearly that it, it's it's more environmentally friendly, more way way, way yeah. more environmentally friendly than the the banking traditional banking system and, it's, and, it's not, and currencies. It's not just energy. You, you don't even have to drive a car to a bank to do this uh, right, cryptocurrency right. transaction. <laughs> like, there's so much that we're not even including in these numbers that mm. you know Ian here is is reading off. So, so you guys don't want to take a guess at bitcoin you got 260 I, terawatt hours a terawatt by the way i had to look it up uh is one trillion watts whoa. so 260 trillion hours of power to, <laughs> to or uh watts a year of uh, power per year for the banking industry yeah okay mm-hmm. what is bitcoin no i'm not going to be able to make a good guess oh, wait i'm sorry did I say, yeah did i say per year yes that's correct so bitcoin is 113.89 so less than half Mm. of the power consumption of the banking industry and and again that those numbers i'm sure are not taking into account all of the costs right because obviously they're not taking into the cost of somebody having to drive to the bank to do a wire transfer sure yeah yeah, yeah, yeah we want people con- driving their trucks to the bank to send and a, a wire- gasoline to that cost. Right, right yeah right. we want them yeah. sending a uh, doing that to send a wire transfer to Mozilla. Yeah, they only took into consideration card networks, ATMs, bank branches, top 100 bank data centers. So that's all they took yep. into consideration as far as the banking numbers uh, are concerned. But you've got to hand it to the Bitcoin haters out there, the, the the big banks, the governments of the world, for cooking this one up, right? Because it plays right into what so many people, uh, younger people especially, who've been indoctrinated about climate fear all yeah. their lives. All they did was they trotted this fake... BS out, and they said, oh, the environment, Bitcoin bad, and that's all that most people do, right? They just look at the headline, and they say, oh, you know, I was thinking about getting that Bitcoin, but looks like it's bad for the environment, and then they just write it off. I wonder how much of that is bots, you know, backing them up. AI on the internet. Yeah, that's a good question. We got more coming up here. The number is 603-283-6160, and you can share your thoughts on Free Talk Live. Talk live. Phones open. If you want to join us here, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Chris. We're talking about a really dumb decision on the part of the folks behind the Firefox browser to quote-unquote pause accepting cryptocurrencies while they have a discussion about whether or not it's going to be effective uh, or it's going to go counter to their environmental policies, their quote-unquote climate goals uh, is the terminology that they have here. As though a browser should have any consideration whatsoever for climate. It's software. Like, (laughs) what is that even? I mean, I I get it, right? Like, as you pointed out, uh, Bonnie, the climate's an important thing like you know we want to have nice water to drink and uh, i don't want to like burn to death or whatever but at the same time i don't believe the government is going to make the earth cleaner i don't believe the government yeah. is they, going they to clean up things a worse job than what the free market could do as far as um incentives for people to do good well as you pointed out the u.s military is the number one polluter more so than i believe some of the top corporate polluters combined yep out there so you can't trust the state to do anything for the environment just look at the epa polluting rivers and you know you name it there's so many different examples of government complete 
completely like counter to their supposed uh, statements. For yeah, and, and one of the problems with these um, introducing other sorts of political, uh, you know, uh, ideas into your non especially a nonprofit, I think, organization is that it actually undermines the very cause in which you are. Uh, working for whatever that cause may be, right? Um, you should be able to have people who are Republican and Democrat and Libertarian all working on a web browser. Yeah, if they can bring something to the table, right, right. which is to say programming knowledge and skill, then right. they should be welcome. Um, right, and the problem with introducing other political ideologies or uh, or implementing certain political ideologies ends up being that you then undermine your ability to attract the best talent to uh, you know, in this case, I guess yeah. it would be accept, accept donations um well it's also going to undermine talent because some people are going to see this and they're going to say you know what i don't want to associate with right 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 so uh they uh the other thing that i think is important to point out here and i I just touched on it right before we went went to the break but the other thing is like you've got to give credit to that to the bitcoin haters for coming up with this attack against bitcoin which is we've been pointing out over the last few segments completely you know baseless essentially look at the amount of power the banking industry for instance uses way more uh than bitcoin and we also pointed out that bitcoin the fact that people need efficiency when it comes to mining leads to more efficiency in the marketplace it leads to cheaper forms of power it leads to better uh, more efficient computing equipment mm. to actually do the mining whereas you know you don't see banks getting more efficient and lean and mean or no. anything like that and it doesn't matter because they are protected from and, competition and they, by the government they can't because they're regulated so they're yes. prohibited from inventing or creating new technologies yeah. to solve some of these they're problems they're slow and they suck and everybody knows that yeah and all so, they can do is put a rainbow flag outside their building during yeah. june yeah they have if you think about it they actually the government has a monopoly on certain uh, core parts of the banking system uh, the federal wire transfers uh yeah yeah um with uh, wire transfers they go to um every ach transfer every bank to bank transfer all of them go through the federal government yeah so western union is that government no that's a private company but they still use the dollar so Mm -hmm. yeah i mean they're still using they're still using that same system i think basically more or less um it might be yeah it's it's a regulated company yeah i mean the way it works is is maybe a little bit different like they're not actually sending a wire transfer in order to move money from no they have an internal system yeah something of their own yeah they might use uh western union might um you know they might uh do one wire transfer for like a million dollars or something like that (laughs) whereas so so like they're just balancing accounts but it's like their own accounts but their own accounts right right in different countries Mm -hmm. so regions yeah it's it's it they're still probably dependent on the government system basically even though the individual transaction you're sending is not necessarily going through the government so what is the federal system that they use for wire transfers that you were referring to it's called fedwire Uh it's the federal reserve basically everything goes through them Uh, so, but the thing I wanted to expand on was how brilliant of an attack this is against Bitcoin. It's baseless, and anybody that actually digs into it can learn about the reasons, as we've touched on some of them here tonight, as far as why it's baseless. But we know that most people don't dig. We know they just hear a headline, something gets passed around on social media, and they make up their mind. And this is interesting because when I think about a way to pitch cryptocurrency to a leftist, which is something that... We do, to some extent, here in New Hampshire, in Keene, New Hampshire, is more of a lefty town. And so whenever I'm pitching cryptocurrency to you know local business owners or just the average person here, I like to talk about how cryptocurrency empowers communities and the individual. 
right? And because leftists could understand that big banks are bad. I right. think they could understand that because a lot of leftists are against corporations, right? That's they don't realize that the government is corporations. So, like, that's another talking point. But just generally, they're against corp- corporations as a, as a whole, right? Especially the big yeah. ones. And so you can point out that this actually, you know, the whole idea of decentralizing money, decentralizing a way for people to to store their value instead of relying on these mega corporations is a very kind of a, you know, that can appeal to a leftist on its just on the surface. Like this helps you. This helps the little guy. Right. People on the left are all about helping the downtrodden, helping the little guy and the banking system. They know or at least they should know is about cutting out the the little guy, right? Like the banking system, there's a bunch of people in the United States that are unbanked. That they don't want the banking system doesn't want to deal with them. Maybe they, you know, They're bounced not a to check. Deal with them. <laughs> maybe they bounced a check or something like that or they they got mad and they left a bank with a negative balance and now they can't open a bank account anywhere else until they settle up. Whatever. There's all kinds of stories that people have with yeah, their but, um my ex uh who was an illegal immigrant he couldn't get a credit card or anything like that but you can you know get services like that online with cryptocurrency without having to show your green Mm. card so he's unbanked and there's a lot of people especially internationally like that who are in in situation more so in other countries there's a lot of situations too like with the bank of america there was a story um actually my partner was affected by this he actually had a bank account i believe that was they they charged him for something they shouldn't have charged him for basically happens all the time yeah Mm -hmm. and i think it brought his balance down below whatever the threshold so now he gets another charge so he gets another charge and they rack up a bunch of these charges this was a long time ago but Mm -hmm. the point is it eventually it was like he went in and he complained or whatever and like they didn't fix it or oh wow uh, 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 and so he's like well close my account and then they won't close your account because you have a negative negative. balance and it's like okay well i don't owe that because it wasn't anyway so um so so he could have been potentially affected by you know nobody nobody else would potentially bank with him yeah i don't think that's what ended up happening but there was also a a major lawsuit that resulted Mm -hmm. and so they may have had to remove people's names from lists and things like that gotcha um and i think it was a while before he actually had another bank account anyway um so he I don't know, you know, but anyway, the point is, yeah, it's that's this, this is there's a lot of people who have through no fault of their own, um, you know, are in this situation where they are unbanked. They can't they can't use a bank account. They can't get a bank account. Right. And speaking of Western Union, there was that story that um, people have been sending millions of dollars back and forth from I think it was El Salvador. Now that in, instead of having to uh, oh. wire money or, or use Western Union to get money to their relatives. Yes. Yes. Those are called remittances when you yeah. send uh, money through like Western Union or MoneyGram from one country to a, to a person in another country. That's generally considered a remittance. And it's a multi-billion dollar, like, I don't know, hundreds of billions or whatever, maybe even trillion. It's a lot of there's a lot of money in remittances. And and it's getting cheaper and easier for people to do crypto makes it possible yeah Yeah. crypto makes it makes it possible to to transfer value across borders without having to ask anyone's permission without without a giant fee right without any crazy fees without having to show somebody identification all of those things are done all you got to have is the person's address and boom you send it and it's there within moments so this is something that the leftists should appreciate and they should understand which is why it was a brilliant move for the people who hate bitcoin to say oh but the environment oh yeah and then that just takes it off the table for uh, for all the leftists who otherwise would have seen the value I, in it. it's really sad it's unfortunate but i i feel like the government is manipulating people on the left into uh you know being anti-crypto anti-bitcoin yeah i saw um, um an article that was saying crypto hurts minorities <laughs> what 
What are That's they ridiculous. talking about? That, you know what's funny is my partner, before he had a bank account, one of the ways he would pay for things online was using cryptocurrency. Hmm. That's insane. And there's plenty of people, you know, from all over the world that use cryptocurrency. Right. The idea that you they're know, saying a bunch sort of, of white, white people thing. got rich in early in the early days of cryptocurrency. I'm oh, sure lots yeah. of people who weren't white got rich sure. in so, the early yeah. days. So basically, they just hate anybody with money. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah, it's they a, just want you to believe that there is not one black person that's benefited. Only white people have benefited from cryptocurrency. A simple is, internet search will that, reveal that is false. Is yeah. that supposed to be like? Like, I, I mean, I don't even get that argument. It's it's so crazy because it's like, so just because wealthy people or or white only white people did this is somehow it's bad. Like, I mean, obviously the that's, opportunity that's is still there for minorities, even if it was true that only white people right. got and rich in the beginning. The but it's not true. Down right now, if you're if you're a black person, you can still get in now. Yep. I mean, and it's not like it's going. This is one of the better, best times to get in here as of late. So There's more coming up here. The number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. You can take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings, the simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved. To stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down. And to put you in control of your own happiness. So you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, kicking off the second hour of the program. Phones open here if you want to join us at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Of course, you can bring up whatever is on your mind. On the way here, we're going to get in a little bit deeper into climate change and authoritarianism. Bonnie's got a story. Since we were already talking about people who are quite irrational when it comes to quote-unquote climate change of course they believe the government is somehow going to be able to solve the uh, if there is a problem and i'm not convinced that there is one uh but uh, the, the government can solve it we can get into that because some people want to use straight up authoritarian tactics which is you know what tends to happen when people believe in the state so that's on the way here uh and we're going to go into your phone calls and thoughts first though we've got sarah she's on the line in new mexico go ahead sarah Oh, oh yes. Uh, I just want to. Can you hear me pretty well? We got I, you I loud got and clear. Okay. Yeah, I I had to get off speakers. So the I wanted to bring up the Kazakhstan. How, how do you pronounce that Kazakhstan? I think it's Kazakhstan. Thing? Yeah, Kazakhstan. Right. <laughs> so it's been in the news. Yes. Um, is it a country or is it a city? It I'm, is a I'm large very... country south of uh, Russia and sort of northwest of China. Oh, Kazakhstan. So 
So it, it is not Russia. It is a separate country, right? Correct. Yes. However, Russian troops have been rolling in th- by the thousands, 3,000 uh, 3, troops over the last few days to suppress uh, an uprising yeah, of the people. It might get confusing that it's not Russia, considering the fact that the Russians believe that they have some kind of right to roll tanks in and tell people that, that well, they're they were probably die. invited. Yeah, I was going to say that's that but was, invited by the government. That's being that's obviously right. the uh, authoritarian dictatorship um, invited them yeah. <laughs> to help suppress their the revolt. But you know the thing about it is that it's um, but it was the it was their president, the government that's in control. That has well, they're barely in control it. at this point. Now they're claiming that they've got control again, according to the mainstream media. But uh, somebody made an interesting point that if you were to search YouTube for Kazakhstan. You get all the mm-hmm. mainstream media stuff, but if you search Odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E, you get actual <laughs> on-the-ground videos from the protesters. If you want to actually see what's going on, you got to get over to uh, to Odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E dot com. But anyway, go ahead with your thoughts, Sarah. So my, my whole point is that most of the Middle Eastern countries along um, Russia, they do have Russian influence. They, they're so close by. They do have a um, communist socialist ideology and set up of an economic government. That is the reason why they want them to come in and help them out, settle the country. The people so, don't want them to, Russia to come in and help them with anything. The people didn't even vote for the president who was um, most recently in control. The president before that, that they also didn't like, picked him. And now they're saying, we're tired of this. We don't want to be ruled by you people. And they're throwing the government off. The government's having to resign. Has that been confirmed that the, uh, that, that it was actually put into power as opposed to elected somehow through yeah. kind of malicious means? Well, yeah, the, there wasn't an election. It's just not how their uh, government uh, works. And isn't he was there, just isn't, I thought there was the, the um, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know about that country specifically very well, but I thought they had the at least appearance of uh, democracy with elections. And that's not the case. They may. Uh, according to the Wikipedia story, it is officially a democratic, secular, constitutional, unitary republic. Then how was this president picked by the other president? That's what I keep seeing in news stories. Well, that's why that's why I'm saying it's like, you know, I mean. They wouldn't I, say it that way it if may he be, was voted in. It may be correct in some respect that he was sort of picked, but. It may I, be one of those things where you can't vote for anyone else. Yeah, you know? or it could just be that. And here's the other thing. You can have, we have this in the United States too, right? There are uh, prior presidents who will endorse, right? And, and when you say pick, it could also just mean mm-hmm. uh, the prior president endorsed him and, uh, you know, and then he was elected. So. That's why I'm just like. Uh, yeah. I just feel like nobody would. It's not that they really like the Russian way of life, but what what is it? It's an alignment. So if the Arabic countries are against the United States and Britain, so they have to align. They have to be alliance with the Russians. You know what I mean? Whether they take on all of the communist policies or the the way they run the country, they way want to want them to. That's what happened to Cuba. It's not like they wanted to do everything the Russian way. They wanted to survive their culture, but they had to align and put their missiles there. And um, and I was told that they didn't um, invite, they didn't make them and turn them into another uh, Russian satellite. It was their own country, but they just aligned. Uh, so you, do you support what the Russian group. government has been doing, pushing, you know, putting pressure and violence towards? 
its supposed allies? Well, you know what? I think those are the four. I mean, I know people got killed, but here's the thing. My belief is that the majority of the people, they want socialism, communism. It's, it's just a few handful of people. They obviously didn't like the, the price price. controls. They didn't like the price controls on the gas prices. So I don't see why you would assume that they like. Yeah, if people wanted communism, they would have communism, Sarah. I mean, the a lot of these well, and, 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 former ru- uh, Russian it, it, it states have re- that Russian states, the former Russian states have rejected communism. Here, here's a um, paragraph about how the president that they are just uh, now overturning, you know, uh, with their uprising got elected Kasim Tokayev yes it says in 2019 Tokayev assumed office as the acting president of Kazakhstan after Nur Sultan Nazarbayev's resignation so he resigned and the other one just took office Tokayev the one that is president now a member of the ruling Nur Otan party ran in the following snap elections held on June 9th with the support of Nazarbayev as the nominee of the party, winning with 71% of the vote, which was received with criticism by international organizations and the opposition facing public scrutiny. It doesn't really say what the criticism is. Like maybe they were claiming Corruption, that was false. Corruption, probably. Yeah. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's a large percentage. The next closest vote getter was sixteen point two three percent. But Sarah, you believe so many people like communism, but yet the evidence, you know, suggests here that communism is almost not quite eradicated from the planet, but it is by no means. Uh, you know, in fifty percent of the nations or anything like that. Not like not a true communist uh, system. Has there um, ever been a true communist system? I mean, the, sure. the Russian, they said that we, we're part, we want to be part of NATO like last year. This year, they want the NATO to get out of Ukraine because now they have turned communist. They were communist all along. They just acted like we're capitalists now just to act like your friend and really get all the spies here and, and they get to really know this country. And so they, they know how to fight back. It's Hold like, on. Being, are you saying, yeah. I just misunderstood what you're saying. You're saying Ukraine has been secretly communist or Russia secretly communist. Um, I, Russia was secretly communist and, co- and claimed that they got, they uh, were no longer the Soviet Union. They want their capital, all that. Just to throw people off. Just so this see. is a communist conspiracy theory. You're saying that after just the fall, throw of, people off. You're saying that after the fall of the Soviet Union, that the Russian government has just been pretending that they're embracing, you know, more market reforms in order to what sneak communism back in at some point because throw it's people been, off. She said. Well, the whole thing is, is to act like befriend uh, the Americas, uh, pretend like they're friends, and then they have people that are going to school here, and then they're doing business here. They really get to know your enemy very well, and then when the enemy's weak, like uh, the it, this country has been getting really weak, it's going to default, go bankrupt, mm-hmm. all of this problem. Now they could come out. And be who really they are. Well, there are, you know, you do make an interesting point. And Sarah, thank you for the call tonight. Uh, There are, you know, people who've been saying for decades that the communists have been infiltrating the United States and that they've been rising to, uh, you know, important positions in various different government agencies and that they're, you know, implementing communism slowly. And I think that there's some truth to that. Whether or not, oh, yeah. They don't have to be from Russia. There's plenty of Americans, uh, American politicians that would love to be communist dictators. It started in the 30s. Yes, yeah, and uh, and, it's, and if you look at the Communist Manifesto and the planks of communism, the U.S. government has implemented 
the super majority of them. Yeah. Like 7 out of 10 or whatever. Uh, there's more coming up here. 603-283-6160. You can join us. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Phones are open here. If you want to join us, you can dial in at 603-283-6160. And Freedoms Phoenix is a liberty-oriented news aggregation site if you want the newest and freshest stories and perspectives on current events from those who value liberty. Then freedomsphoenix.com has them. They've also got the Daily Dispatch, which is a great way to stay up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. Get over to freedomswithansphoenix.com. That's freedomsphoenix.com. And since Sarah had called in about the Kazakhstan situation, I do want to give a quick update on that before we go back to the climate change and uh, the you know the attacks on Bitcoin or whatever else you want to talk about. Of course, you can uh, you know phones are open here if you want to join us. But according to the Wall Street Journal, the Kazakhstan president now again a lot of the government resigned this week in Kazakhstan because well their buildings were being set ablaze. And their by, cops were being beheaded. Yes, beheaded. by protesters uh, with more than a dozen cops killed, three of them beheaded apparently, according to mainstream media uh, reports about this. Kazakh President Kasim Jomar Tokayev said that he'd given the order to police and army to shoot without warning as the country's security forces scoured the streets of Almaty and other cities for protesters after days of unrest triggered by a fuel price increase. So again, thousands of people, probably hundreds of thousands of people in Kazakhstan took to the streets, set government buildings ablaze. All because the fuel costs doubled. And I suspect that these are subsidized and they're not subsidized now. And that's what's going Could on. Be. Um, yeah. I don't know what the politics is behind it, but obviously these people, I mean, it wasn't just fuel, right? Like that's just the the straw that broke the camel's yeah. back. That's the fi- That was the final uh, thing that uh, set people off. But they, they, he claims that his government has largely restored order and told a meeting of his security goons on Friday that what he called a counterterrorism operation would continue, quote, until the full liquidation of the militants, whom he said were still using weapons. So he's basically attempting to, he basically wants to commit genocide, it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. Quote, law enforcement agencies and the army were given an order by me to shoot at terrorists to kill without warning. So he's just basically calling anyone who's a protester now Anyone who's against um, the government making their lives awful. Uh, The authoritarian leaders of the Central Asia former Soviet republics have used the term terrorist to describe dissidents or protesters. And of course, as we know, they've turned off the Internet there, as we reported. Now, I don't know what the current status is, but obviously some videos are still getting out, as was mentioned. Odyssey.com. You can go to our our, uh, channel there over at video.freetalklive.com. It'll take you right to Odyssey because it's spelled funny. Uh, So just go to video.freetalklive.com and then search for Kazakhstan. And you'll find some actual, like, what's really going on kind of uh, videos. The protests, again, were triggered by fuel price increases that took effect at the beginning of the year and turned to a broader wave of frustration over the country's economy and closely controlled political system. Kazakh authorities say armed groups have attempted to seize government buildings. Dozens of people have been killed, including law enforcement officers. 
And the most significant disorder appears to have been taking place in Almaty, which is the largest city. By the way, we're just checking some of the demographics and uh, details about Kazakhstan. Humongous country with like a million plus square miles. It's not quite as large as the continental United States, but it's a good chunk of it. And uh, there's only 20 million or 19 million people that live there. So not a whole lot of people. It is does appear to be like a mostly kind of desert looking mm. place from the satellite photos. Uh, reporters here uh, heard gunfire Friday and stores unfortunately had been looted. Troops from Russia and other countries in a regional security alliance begun arriving to help guard strategic buildings. That means government buildings. Because they're not actually, like, protecting the people. No, they're of not, course not. They're not guarding neighborhoods. That's from, not what government's about, Ian. Yeah, they're not guarding businesses from looters or anything like that. Uh, the troops, they say, won't be directly involved in putting down protests, according to a presidential advisor. Well, of course, the protesters show up at those buildings. You better believe they're going to yeah. put them down. So, anyway, it goes on to uh, to get into some more details about how many troops are uh, moving around and, and so forth. But if you have been paying close attention to the Kazakh situation and you want to weigh in here with what you think about it, and maybe you know more about the corruption of the elections, because obviously we know barely anything here. I mean, having hardly never heard Jack Diddley from, you know, media reports about Kazakhstan until just this week. Yeah, where is uh, Kazakhstan? <laughs> It's to the northwest of China, to the southwest of Russia. So you probably know where Mongolia is. It's yeah. west of Mongolia. So it's the other country that's between China and Russia, basically. So, again, if you want to weigh in, the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. One person interviewed said a resident of Almaty said that uh, residents ventured outside only in large groups. For fear of being caught up in the violence among the protesters or the security services, he says, quote, no one dares to walk outside alone. Everyone walks in groups, even cars that drive through the city. Everyone travels in large groups, even to go and buy groceries. It's a pretty crazy situation there. Surprised people haven't stocked up. <laughs> well, I mean, what can you really do? I mean, uh, most people don't plan for a revolution, right? I guess. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, again, you can join us here. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, on the way here, Bonnie's got a story to discuss about people wanting to use authoritarianism, surprise, surprise, yeah. to so-called fight climate change. And another uh, quickie here about you brought up MoneyGram and Western Union when we were talking about people being unbanked a little while ago. And I've had a story actually for a couple of months about MoneyGram, interestingly, according to Coindesk.com. They are now actually working with a cryptocurrency. They're working with the Stellar blockchain. Interesting. Uh, in order to create money transfers instantly using the USDC stablecoin over the Stellar blockchain. You know what? I wonder if this is because it's cheaper than using the traditional banking system. Whatever it is they're currently using. Yeah. <laughs> it's more efficient. It makes sense. How will they get a fee? How will Western Union get a fee in oh, that Oh, they'll situation? still charge you. Yeah, they'll charge you the end user, but they're really just transferring cryptocurrency on your behalf, probably. Yeah, so yeah. why would people choose to do that instead of just using... Because they don't using... know better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you people... Know. I mean, people have been... I mean, they're trained to use yeah, these services. I, this is what people know, you know. It's it's uh, and and then of course you've also got people who have been you know manipulated, 
You know, as we were talking about earlier, you know, the left is, uh, you know, they don't want to use cryptocurrency because it hurts the environment, but then they'll go and use money, MoneyGram or, or uh, was it MoneyGram, was it? This is MoneyGram in this Mo- case. MoneyGram yeah. uh, to, send, to send crypto, but not even know it uh, mm-hmm. indirectly. Well, I mean, as far as the value, I guess, of this, Bonnie, is that it does allow the end user to pick up cash. And so while cryptocurrency makes it easy to transfer value from one person to another, it doesn't make it easy to walk out of a door with a handful of cash. And that is the benefit, ultimately, of using these remittance services. Because if you have someone send you crypto and you want to go and spend that, then you have to do a few things, right? Like you have to... Get a crypto fuel debit card, for instance, and that's going to take a couple weeks, right? Mm. Like you got to apply for it, and then it's going to come in. Or you've got to have you've got to live in Keene, New Hampshire, where you can actually go and spend uh, cryptocurrency. Mean, there's in places real life. online to in, in a lot of places to buy stuff too. I mean, I do it all the time. Sure, so it's not. But you're not going to be able to go and buy your groceries with cryptocurrency. In Probably most in most places, you can not. buy groceries on Amazon, which you can get uh, use cryptocurrency to shop on Amazon with Purse.io. You mean save at Purse.com? There's uh, more coming up, uh, and you can share your thoughts with us here. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Phones open if you want to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. You can bring up anything you want. Coming up more on uh, climate change authoritarianism, 603-283-6160. Thank you to Corey, who is a Free Talk Live uh, member of the AMPS program, the new AMPS Patreon means uh, he's contributing at least 25 bucks a month to the program over there at amps.freetalklive.com. That'll take you right over to our Patreon, and you can sign up there with your PayPal or your credit or debit card and get some cool perks, get some bennies uh, for doing that. You can learn more over at amps.freetalklive.com. Once again, thanks to Corey for joining us over there. With you tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. We're talking about how uh, even some old dog you know old banking system companies can sometimes make the right choice and i was surprised to see the news that moneygram one of the two mega banking kind of corporations even though they're not technically yeah. a bank i was to say they're not quite a bank so that's their they have a different set of rules they play by than they're still the playing in that that particular there you know, is still regulated yeah highly don't get regulated. me wrong but highly regulated. yeah and they make a lot of money too i mean i don't yeah. know what amount of money they're transferring over the you know ever a one-year time frame but it's got to be in the you know multi-billions right like it's 
there's a lot of money know. that uh, that remittance companies move around the world. Oh, and, for sure. And the two biggies, at least in the United States, are MoneyGram and Western Union. I mean, they're, I'm pretty sure Western Union is number one, probably just because they've it's been the around longer. The only one I longer. know by name. I can't think of another one. Western Union, MoneyGram. Yeah, those there's, are the two. There's a few others. There's but. there's definitely others. Um, TransferWise is another one. Um, I, Rhea is yeah, one is another one. They do the Walmart to Walmart. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely at least, like if you start talking about like money uh transfer services that are licensed, there's actually like a lot. Um there's a lot of them that you've never heard of. Hmm. Um but but some of that is also because of um it's because like there's entities that are doing it on behalf of other entities and they also have to be licensed. So like but, Walmart using bears. Uh no, I'm thinking more like mom and pop shop where you might be able to go in and uh, do some sort of money transfer thing. Uh, they, I think, have to be licensed as well. So hmm. it's not just, yeah, I, again, I'm not, I don't know enough about it, just, but I just know there's, a, there's like hundreds of them in like probably just New Hampshire alone. Um, hmm. So that are registered. So. Hmm. Yeah, it's not easy to pull up a uh, quick stats on what kind of money they might be moving here. But the according to the Wikipedia article about them, their revenue was nine hundred million in twenty nineteen. Now, would that would revenue that wouldn't include the amounts they're transferring, right? That no. would just be the fees that they've earned, probably, right? Yeah. So think about it. Think about that, right? Yeah. Like you could probably figure out like the amounts that they're, uh, you know, bringing in cash wise based off of the percentage that they charge on the money. Yeah. I don't know if it's a percentage. Transfer. I think it changes based on which country and oh, like, you might be right. It might be harder than I'm thinking. Yeah, there's different factors, but should give you some idea, right? Like if their revenue is almost a, you know, a billion dollars, yeah. then the amount of money they're moving, it's gotta be at least a hundred times that, right? Like it's, it's huge. I mean, there's a tremendous yeah. amount. Of, I mean, uh, I can't imagine it's more than like I, I'm trying to think like what the, what they what they usually charge, but it's it's it depends. It yeah, depends on the it, amount it, depends on. It the does. Location. It does. But it, it's still it's still it's still yeah. like it's a, still a lot on a lot of it's a, it's a yeah. big percentage on a lot of these trans, small transactions. Yeah, it's billions so, of dollars. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so now they're teaming up with uh, the Stellar blockchain, which is, in my opinion, one of the more interesting cryptocurrencies out there. The uh, Stellar started from Ripple. Uh, the, one of the founders of Ripple wanted to kind of walk away from uh, from Ripple and do his own thing, and Stellar was founded. Ripple was founded to like help the banks. That's basically all that Ripple exists for. They want to they want to pitch their product to banks. They want to make the banking more efficient or whatever. And now they're loaded up with a uh, a lawsuit from the SEC. Oh yeah, I thought that was funny because they were always so on board with oh we have to go and cooperate with government and yep. you know and. You know, they they were uh, look what it got them. Yeah, yeah, it was like they were so pro government, and it's yep. like pro mafia. Yeah, and then the look, mafia look, went after them, and look look at what it did for you. Absolutely nothing. They're still going after you. Yeah, and uh, so uh, the difference was that Stellar is basically a copy of Ripple, um, as I understand it. I'm not a you know not an engineer. Haven't checked checked. I'm sure they've changed it since then, but it was something that was supposed to be more open source. It was supposed to be something that anyone could you know join on and use to create a token, for instance. And so MoneyGram is one of those companies, right? Like there's been a bunch of companies that hmm. have, have jumped in there and they're they're using the Stellar blockchain to transfer 
uh, funds from one place to another, according to the story. Danelle Dixon, who's the CEO and the executive director of the Stellar Development Foundation, said in an interview, quote, Working with MoneyGram allows end consumers to have on and off ramps everywhere that MoneyGram's vast agent network supports this. So this is just transformational in terms of being able to exchange crypto for fiat and fiat for crypto. Is she it already says. running or is it being proposed? It is starting as a pilot, apparently, in the fourth quarter of uh, 2021. So supposedly there's some locations maybe or early you know, access to this. Early 2022, we'll see a gradual rollout of the ledger-based stablecoin bridge between crypto and local currencies with a view toward connecting MoneyGram's 150 million or so consumers. So if that is indeed what is going to happen here, that if you can actually send crypto into this system and then use MoneyGram as a cash pickup, that would actually be a pretty useful feature. Would you be able to send it to yourself and just kind of turn your crypto into cash. If I you mean, you're going to be paying way. a fee you're gonna pay for a fee. it, though. But so. you're always going to pay a fee. I yeah. mean, you can well, go the down. question is, is the fee higher than what you would pay otherwise? Well, that's the thing. If you go uh, go look at Coin ATM Radar, for instance, it's a website that lists the different crypto, mostly vending machines, but some of them actually will vend cash out. So most of these things, you put cash right. in and you get crypto out, but some of them are what they call two-way machines. And some of these machines, you're paying 10%. Yeah, if not more, it's it's interesting because most people seem to buy crypto, but they don't seem to cash out of crypto. Um, so it's it's very I don't know. It's very interesting. Well, those are probably the people you know. There are a lot of people who are cashing out of crypto. I'm thinking of like time. business owners that are accepting crypto. I agree with you. Around here, yeah. most of the business owners are holding on to the crypto because they see it as something that could grow in value. But we know at least one business owner that is is fairly often cashing out crypto. Uh, there's one yeah, guy that's in particular, true. yeah, and you know, I mean, there's others, there's others who we've know who've also spent it after right. it went up a bit, like usually, on uh, vacations and things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. usually those people, uh, they'll call a friend or they know somebody who will buy the crypto from them and give them cash, and that's obviously the easiest and the most private way to to cash out of crypto. But for a lot of people that maybe they're unbanked. Uh, they don't have the ability to just sign up for Coinbase or Uphold.com or one of these other websites mm. that'll connect to your bank account and let you cash out that way. To actually be able to walk into a physical location, like MoneyGram, for instance, I think they, I don't know if it's 7 Eleven. I know, I think uh, Walmart uses them, if I recall correctly. But imagine being able to walk into a Walmart or any other MoneyGram location and, you know, punch in a code on a on a computer and then have it spit cash out if they, they take 5% off the But top if it's supposed to be a wiring thing, would it give you the option to wire it to the same exact machine you're using? That's we don't I'm know. Asking. I mean, oh. we haven't... Uh, I, ha- I obviously can't test it, but uh, some people can. Yeah, there's a lot of places to, uh, that will do your crypto these days, and there's you know there's getting more competition to it, I think. Um, isn't there like uh, the Coinstar machines? Won't they do it too? Aren't they no. now? They will only let you buy cryptocurrency at Coinstar. Okay, so no, okay, okay, so I, and I guess we're talking about cashing out. So yeah, okay, fair enough. Cashing out's one of the harder things to do, right? Like that's actually one of the biggest so few challenges. People do it, I feel like so. It's but those are just the people you know, Chris. There are people everywhere. I know, I know, who their biggest objection to crypto is, what do I do with it? Spend it. <laughs> but you can't. You live in. You got to remember. You live in. I, Keene, I don't spend New it Hampshire. just on in in Keen though. Like I, I spend it on all sorts sure. of things on the internet. You know, it's like sure. No, I get what it, you're saying. There are things you can buy online with cryptocurrency. Yeah, but you can't go down and buy you know a gallon of milk. 
sure. in most places, unless sure. you're living keen where some of the uh, the actual uh, well, convenience stores take. Uh, I, I, I have bought milk. I have bought milk with crypto. So um, where? In, uh, in Smart. Yeah. Right, like I said, if you live in Keene, New Hampshire, you live in a place that's uh, like you live in a very special place. Yes, I do. And 99.999% of the rest of the world True. still needs to use cash uh, to go and buy things. Plus, at the they're trying store. to use cryptocurrency to get rich. So they want to buy something luxury or something they're not going to be able to buy. want to get a Lambo. Yeah, they're not going to be able to buy a Lambo <laughs> if they hodl long enough without turning it into fiat. All right, more coming up here. Uh, I still think this is useful. I think that what they're proposing here is a very useful service because cashing out is a challenge for a lot of crypto users. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. On the way, the lockdowns are back, this time for unvaccinated people in the Northern Territories of Australia. We can talk about that on the way here tonight. we uh, got time for you as well at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Chris. Bonnie, you wanted to talk tonight about these climate change authoritarians. Uh, what are they up to now? They've all got some sort of plot. This, according to the Foundation for Economic Education, says authoritarianism in quotation marks, may be necessary to fight climate change, Cambridge study argues. So they're actually using the word authoritarianism. Like, oh, we, we may need to use that Just to fight openly climate. embracing it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are many genuine threats facing humanity. None of them require authoritarianism or infringement of civil liberties. That's according to Fee. Yeah. A recent study published in American Political Science Review, a quarterly peer-reviewed academic journal published by Cambridge University, begins with a teasing question. Quote, is authoritarian power ever legitimate? For many, the answer is clearly no, concedes the author's or study's author, Ross Mitiga, an assistant professor of political theory at the Pontifical Catholic University of Chile. But Mitiga, in the abstract to the study suggests otherwise. Quote, while under normal, circ- uh, under normal conditions, maintaining democracy and rights is typically compatible with guaranteeing safety in emergency situations, conflicts between these two aspects of legitimacy can and often do arise. A salient example of this is the COVID-19 pandemic, during which severe limitations on free movement and association have become legitimate techniques of government. Climate change poses an even greater threat to public safety. Or safety. Consequently, I argue legitimacy may require a similar, a similarly authoritarian approach. Quote. Yeah, and this, of course, is something they've been setting up now for the last couple of years with uh, different people in the media and the mainstream, you know, rolling trotting out the idea that, oh, hey, lockdowns worked so great, even though all the statistics show they didn't do Jack Diddley. Yeah, this man just uh, takes for granted that what they did was legitimate. Yeah, this is this sounds like he's just, just justifying uh, di- dictatorships and, and authoritarians. Yeah, well, what he's really, it sounds like what he's really saying, I'm sure they're going to dig in further, uh, what he sounds like he's really saying is, Oh, people were obedient enough to be locked down for this reason, this pandemic of a cold, basically. Mm. So therefore, since this other reason is way scarier, then they'll totally lock down for yep. this. <laughs> yep. 
Yep. And we've been saying that for a while now. Mm-hmm. That seems like that's going to be uh, the next play in their playbook. Explicitly argues for authoritarian governance. That's the next headline. The study caught the eye of Alexander Wattuck, a Twitter user who studies political behavior at the University of Mannheim in Germany. Quote, in my reading, it explicitly argues that we must put climate action over democracy and adopt authoritarian governments, <laughs> governance if democracies fail to act on climate change, tweeted Wedek. Well, and if you look at, uh, what's her name, Greta Thunberg. Thunberg, she, of course, is pointing out that democracy is failing, right? She's constantly railing against the politicians. The politicians aren't doing enough. Uh, they say they're going to do something, and then they don't do it. And so those are going to be reasons that they once again point to. Some, so, you know, it's funny is I, I, I could kind of agree with her on democracy failing, but yeah. at the same time, <laughs> I don't agree with her on the authoritarian, uh, you know, solution being the uh, better solution. Well, I don't know what she's saying is the solution, but she is pointing out that well, politicians she, don't do what they say they're going to do. And that's yeah. what she's right but, about. Oh, she's also saying she wants governments to do more. So, okay, yeah, then that authoritarianism. Would be authoritarianism. Yep. Um, and it. In an extensive thread, Wedek explained why he disagrees with Mitiga. Quote, I am genuinely puzzled about the origins of this anti-democratic intuition that seems to give rise to the entire endeavor of exploring whether we should sacrifice democracy for the sake of a higher good. Unquote. Wedek says <laughs> at one point. Quote, the article argues that Crises not only can legitimize, but may require authoritarian governance. This is not true. Democracies have fought the pandemic without giving up being democratic. Well, I mean, that's not a great thing either, right? Democracy is just two wolves and a sheep uh, deciding on dinner. So I'm surprised that Fee is taking such a pro-democracy. Well, this isn't Fee. uh, This is a quote from a Twitter user that Fee is reporting on. I thought that was Fee. Nope. In a rare and refreshing display of civility for Twitter, Mitiga said he appreciated Wedek's thoughts and thanked him for his goodwill in sharing these comments with me before posting in his own thread. Oh, in his own thread, Mitiga sought to address what he said were several mischaracterizations or confusions, even though what the quote we read at the beginning was clearly, uh, yeah, authoritarianism is legitimate in the midst of a crisis. So, yeah, I don't see how there's any mischaracterization or confusion. Well, there's almost no person who is a power seeker who would disagree with that. I mean, at the very least through their actions. If you look at what happened in 2020 with Mm. every single United State, I mean, I understand some states were less offensive than others, but every single governor of every single state used authoritarian diktats and issued orders without any kind of legislative approval. So if you believe in the whole idea of checks and balances, which is what they taught us in government school, they taught us about the legislature and the judicial system and the executive branch, they're all checks and balances against each other. All that just went right out the window due to the quote-unquote emergency. Oh, we got an emergency. Guess we can just turn all the power over to the governor and he can do whatever he wants. And so they wouldn't come right out and say yes i'm an authoritarian but that's ultimately what their actions were saying and most people just ate it right up oh yes tell me what to do massa well here's what mitiga the pro-authoritarianism um author of the study said quote the relevant question is not whether giving up democracy was somehow necessary for addressing the emergency quote i mean um in this case covid19 Clearly it was not, and I certainly never suggest as much in the paper. Um, yes, he does. He says it was legitimate in 2020 for 
because of COVID COVID nineteen. He he said that. Hmm. But whatever. Well, maybe he's saying that in the actual full paper that he wrote, that's not the conclusion that he comes to. But perhaps, you know, he wrote in his abstract that it, that you know it was legit. I don't know. Or that's... he's just some kind of a liar, power-seeking psycho person. But anyways, <laughs> good chance. Quote. Yeah. Rather, the real question, the one that gets at what I tried to argue, is whether democracies have addressed the emergency in purely democratic rights-respecting ways. The answer is not, of course, that they have not. The answer is, of course, that they have not. And who's saying this now? The, that was the, the author? The author of the study. So he's okay. just kind of trying to backpedal, mm-hmm. even though he clearly said the government legitimately used authoritarian uh, tactics mm-hmm. during COVID-19, the quote-unquote pandemic, because it was an, a safety emergency. He's just kind of backpedaling. Okay. Because he got backlash on Twitter. Okay. Quote, less legitimate nations shun authoritarianism. That's the next headline. It's kind of confusing to read on the radio that way. For those interested in capturing the nuance of the differences in what Mitiga says he meant in the study versus what Watuk believes he wrote, I suggest a careful review of their threads in the study itself. However, Mitiga's own description speaks for itself. He says that COVID-19 clearly resulted in, quote, severe restrictions on rights of free movement, association, religious practice, and even speech, all of which are quote, authoritarian in nature, though I would argue they have often been nonetheless legitimate. So that's mm-hmm. what he said in his study is just backpedaling on Twitter. Yeah, well, of course, the term legitimate can just simply mean legal. It can just mean, oh, the government does these things, so therefore it's legitimate. I mean, isn't isn't that what is the common understanding of legit? It's like it's legal. I think so. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't. I don't know. Uh, legitimate, other... according to law, lawful. I yeah. just pulled up the definition here. So, yes, by definition, these things were legitimate because almost every state has emergency order authorizations. I mean, I'm sure all of them do. So there's something that some bureaucrats or politicians wrote down decades ago that says, whenever there's an emergency... All this checks and balances stuff just flies out the window, and that we can do whatever we want. So maybe he's just playing a words game, yes, a word game uh, trick. Yeah, it's legitimate in that there are laws that say they can do whatever they want to do. <laughs> you know, it, the whole mm. thing, the whole idea of you know you've got rights is a joke. That's why I said to David Olson, a frequent caller on the um, on the show, I said to him one time, "What do you mean by illegal law? The, your, the government of your state passed a law, and you're saying it's an, an illegal law that they did it, and people aren't." burning down the capital in your state so yeah i mean maybe it may be unconstitutional yeah is, and is i know that's argument. what he meant but yeah. he was just being dumb about it well the only way you can prove it's unconstitutional is by asking for the men in robes or the men and women wearing robes to decide that yeah and they won't most of the time that's right uh there's more coming up here in fact uh, speaking of those people in robes they were hearing the uh the, the government or the federal government mandate on the business owners for the vaccine that case got heard today so you're gonna have a ruling coming out soon on that i imagine there's more coming up here about authoritarianism you can share your thoughts as well on free talk live join liberty-minded voluntarists anarchists and libertarians from june 27th through july 3rd for the sixth annual fork fest at rogers campground in the beautiful white mountains of new hampshire Forkfest is a fork of the porcupine freedom festival which sold out for the first time in 2021 Forkfest takes place the week after Porkfest, but Forkfest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. 
All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there. ForkFest.Party. Free Talk Live! This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The number here is 603-283-6160. As we kick off the third hour of the program tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. And we're talking about authoritarianism. And, of course, authoritarianism really shines. And I don't mean in a good way, but, like, you know, it starts to, to get on fire. Like, people start to really want it, to desire to be told what to do when they're afraid. And that's how they got away with all the things they got away with in the last two years. Of course, that's how they got away with the war on terrorism and all the things that came before COVID, where they ramped up the security state, they ramped up the police state. It was all based on, in that case, fear of terrorism, which, of course, is this nebulous concept that, you know, you can't really point to a team of people that are wearing a uniform it's just terror you know so it's all the brown people you need to be afraid of them so we saw that for 20 years and then that kind of wore out and so now they brought in this uh this fear of covid and now total authoritarian medical police state that's been brought out and it's all based on fear and now we're we're already hearing them talk about climate change as the next excuse to ramp up the authoritarianism even further, we're going to continue uh, with that story because, Bonnie, you got more to share from the Foundation for Economic Education. But first, David is on the line in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, being dumb about illegal laws. What, what was the confusion on that? <laughs> I'm sorry, what do you mean? Oh, I was being dumb about uh, illegal laws, and there was some confusion about what I meant. So I wanted to I was clarify confused. You, you think that, okay, go ahead, you can clarify but I wasn't confused. Well, I don't know what the question is. Uh, tell me the question, and then I'll clarify it. There was I didn't pose a question. What, well, you said it. You made, okay, then you made a statement. You said it was dumb to call laws illegal. What is dumb about calling laws illegal? What you, what you meant was unconstitutional, and, yeah, but, and the way you phrased it is, is what she was critiquing. I don't remember the exact com- conversation, but there's this idea that a bunch of especially like right wingers uh, pu- push around that they can just tell a politician, hey, that law that you you made is illegal. It, it does come off as, as, as very dumb. Um, but if you used different words, it, it would come off better. But actually, actually, I chose those words intentionally because it, it gives a instead of using the same old templates, it's unconstitutional, it's unconstitutional. People will get a parking ticket and say, it's unconstitutional, when it's not necessarily unconstitutional, it's violating some other law. And so to make people think, I've I've introduced the phrase illegal laws, which tells people, hey, because people are in the habit of thinking, well, they, they made a law, so it's the law and we have to do it. But if they made a law saying that you had to 
you know, insert whatever you whatever I mean, uh, you want. And they'll still David, prosecute you for doing laws. It's kind of actually, you find illegal. It's actually kind of humorous because David's not totally wrong here. No, I. I mean, there's like there's there's a state law, for example, in New Hampshire, and if a ordinance is passed that's uh, not authorized, but I, I don't, again, I wouldn't use the word illegal still, but not authorized by state law then it would be you know it would be it would be it wouldn't be unconstitutional but it would be illegal would in, be and illegal. when i actually gave david the opportunity to explain what he meant by an illegal law this is what he said he said it's like if i go up to you and put a noose around your neck that would be illegal so that's how he explained himself that's how stupid he was being that night yeah i tend to agree there's, with you but no, there's, you want there's more to that as well because when when uh, you er, that's another thing that people get into this thing about uh, this another template uh, where they're not thinking, they're thinking that the only laws are things that legislatures pass into laws, and they're forget- forgetting that before mm. the stupid modern invention of the United States of America and other countries that only uh, follow laws passed by a legislature, before that there were mores and ethics and norms and societal values. There's also natural laws. Right, yeah. and they, that's what those are. And they, they hold, they were the law before the government came along and told you that the only law is the law that I give you because I'm the government. Yeah. Well, try so getting out of jail their... using this argument. It's <laughs> not going to get you anywhere. Well, I, look, uh, Adam, I get where David's Adam, coming from on Adam this. Adam Kokesh no. got out of, law, out of jail using that exact same philosophy. There's, no, a, I, there's also case law too. I don't support what Bonnie's doing with calling names per se, um, but I do understand where she's coming from on this. Uh, there, I think her argument is that when they pass a you know law, which is just words written on paper by men and women, uh, most of whom you don't know and they're complete strangers, that it is gone through a legal process. Like they have done it from their perspective, they believe legally, and then it's only other people in robes who can determine whether or not that was done legally or not. And of course, if it was determined so, to be illegal or unconstitutional, there's no penalty for them. It, so it's not, it doesn't yeah. have the same sort of flavor as most things that are illegal, because if we do things that are illegal, they do put us in a here's, prison cell. Here's the lawyer uh, explanation for it. It's if, uh, okay, so if you have an, something that's unconstitutional, Constitutional, uh, like a law that's unconstitutional, it's still legal until it's overturned. That's right. That's right. So that's that's like what and the that lawyers was y'all's tell argument, you. I think, on this yeah. one. And thank you, David, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, the number here is six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Ultimately, it's just mincing words over legal, illegal versus unconstitutional. Yeah. And, and regardless, I mean, to me, I don't care whether it's legal or or not. You know, bad yeah. laws should be disobeyed. Right, right. It's not that I'm saying, oh, you and should obey argument. these laws no, because not, they're they're legitimate and they're legal. It's just that I'm tired of hearing Republican type people saying like their only argument against the government doing something is they didn't do it the way that they said they were going to do it. Yeah. You already know they're going to do that. They mm-hmm. they don't play by their own rules. Right. Sorry, they do whatever yeah. they want. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, and I, most of the time they get away with it. It's I, I, and I, I agree with you guys. I think it's better to argue against something rather than saying, but it's illegal. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it might not be legal, but you won't know that until it ends up in a courtroom, and then maybe not even even after that because. You know, you might have to appeal it, and, and then the of course it never gets appealed, and, and then the government or the courts won't even allow you to appeal it because, you know, the Supreme Court, you know, they only take like one less than one percent of cases, mm-hmm. at least at the at the federal level, or they'll just side with their side, which is the government. Right. right. Yeah. A lot of the time, the thing that is illegal is actually the moral thing. So, for instance, like yeah, helping a slave escape. Sure. Mm. You know, that's one example. Uh, or just putting what you want in your own body. It's your body. It's your choice. It's, Absolutely. That's your morality yep. in that case.
Uh, what else about these authoritarians, Bonnie, when it comes to climate change do we need to know from Foundation of Economic Education? Um, there was a study that came out by somebody in Cambridge University named, his last name is Mitiga. That's how they're referring to him in this article. And he, and he says one thing, but then says another. Yeah, he concluded in his study that the government legitimately used um, authoritarian measures during COVID-19 because it was a safety hazard. But then he said on Twitter, basically, that that's not what he was saying. But anyways, it goes on to say, Mitiga then explains that governments that fail to take authoritarian steps to mitigate the threat of COVID are perceived as less legitimate. Think here hmm. of the Trump or Bolsonaro governments. He said that. I, quote, I believe the same is true with respect to climate change. Mitiga explains, this is him on Twitter trying to backstep that he said we need authoritarianism in times of crisis. I don't know if I agree with him as far as his assessment that governments that don't take the most authoritarian yeah. steps are seen as less so legitimate. What they're doing is they're 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 using the argument of safety to excuse violence. That's mm. literally what they're doing, because if you don't do what they tell you, they're going to use violence against you. I think it depends to, to take that what he's saying uh, to dig into it a little bit further. I think it depends on who's looking. Yeah, he's a so, academic in Cambridge University. It's probably his uh, cohorts that right. agree with him. So that- people on the left that agreed with the authoritarian crackdowns that want to mandate vaccines, the people that are really like go to the wall with with authoritarianism on uh, COVID. Yeah, they would see governments like, you know, the Florida government or the South Dakota government or, you know, some of the ones that were at least perceived as less authoritarian compared to the rest of them. They would certainly see them as less legitimate. But the people who love those governments see them as more legitimate, right? They There's so much lauding for the governor of Florida, even though he's just a police state, you know, authoritarian in his own right, but the people who are against all of the authoritarianism with regards to COVID see him as like a freedom fighter. But yet they still support him as governor. They don't want to see him leave the governorship. They want him to run for president. <laughs> so it really just depends on your perspective. I think there's plenty of people who see governments like the Florida government gang and the the ones in other lesser you know, COVID restriction states as completely legitimate. And they love those governments. Mm. So... Uh, the only people who really see the truth in this, of course, are the, the libertarian-minded folks. And oh, even, yeah. not even all of them. Uh, there's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 603-283-6160 is the number here. That allows you to bring in whatever you want. 603-283-6160. By the way, we've been telling you about how Intercoin can help any business and organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. And now Intercoin has launched its investor token on a, a worldwide on an exchange at xmarkets.com. Exmarkets.com. All you need to sign up there is just an email address so you keep your privacy intact xmarkets.com you can buy or sell itr which is the intercoin investor token and to get the itr you do need to uh, deposit other cryptos like bitcoin you can trade them for tether and then you can use the tether to buy itr at xmarkets.com you just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world and to learn more about the intercoin vision head over to intercoin.org we're talking about authoritarianism uh in the chat over on our youtube stream people are 
talking about this governor goon over in Florida, DeSantis, who just gets all this press He's so wonderful. from the right wingers about how much of a freedom fighter he is and and all of this uh, you know, social media that's going around promoting this guy. Okay. So he said some things that were okay when it comes to mandates about COVID. But everything else about him is your standard right-wing authoritarian police right. status. So it sounds to me like you're saying you have no plans on moving back to Florida. <laughs> Definitely have no plans to move back to Florida. There's no doubt about it. That's good to hear. <laughs> uh, but this guy, you know, you don't have to dig very deep before you find out that this dude never found a pro-police law that he was against. Yeah. I mean, he's he's totally like a back-the-blue police statist. He passed a red flag law, by the way, so a lot of the gun, gun owners know what really? that means out there. Yep. Uh, he signed a minimum wage increase recently as well in florida so i mean the dude is just another government goon that's all he is yeah that, that doesn't even sound republican that sounds like like a mix of it's democrat a and republican thing. it's yeah. yeah yeah it's uh yeah so anyway uh you don't have to do too much digging on the on that character but let's get back into your story bonnie you've got more from the foundation for economic education regarding uh, authoritarianism and climate change as the the new forthcoming excuse because they're still milking the covid thing pretty hot oh, and heavy. Yeah. Uh, but this is the, what they got on the horizon um so here are the lessons we can gain from this man Miniga's study that proposed that authoritarianism is legitimate during times of crises so say what you will about Miniga's proposal which is myopic and dangerous his logic is sound if legitimate Governments embrace authoritarian measures to combat a deadly pandemic that poses a genuine threat to humans. Why should they not embrace authoritarian measures to combat climate change, which many argue poses an even greater threat? That's the that's the uh, the logic they will use to justify it. They'll yep. say, well, we did it over here. We should do it over here. We should do it on this new thing. There's a popular meme among libertarians, quote, if you allow politicians to break the law during emergencies, they will create an emergency to break the law. Sure. Yeah. But then again, as we pointed out, they didn't break the law. All of these things that they did were authorized <laughs> by statute. They actually it's just passed law, something. It's a legal law, it was an illegal law. They... No, they were legal because no, the, they they were authorized by statutes. Oh, Those statutes you, are legal laws. Th- this reminds me of the what the governor said. I, th- I think it was the governor. See how dumb that sounds? No, no, no. Or the court. No, no, no. The New Hampshire Supreme Court said, um, uh, like, whatever the governor does is, like, legal or something like that. Like, just by its very nature or something. See, that's what I'm saying. That, those statutes are legal laws, Ian. They're just illegal laws. So, okay, let, let's just turn this all around. How about we just get rid of the government that decides it can create diktats that people have to live by yeah that would be great uh, i mean to the credit of the new hampshire state house they did just pass something yeah, that is going to put an extra tiny little check on the governor during a state of emergency but and i think the check and I, again if i'm getting all the details on this wrong please correct me at uh, 603-283-6160 i believe that it will require the legislature to weigh in because it used to be that yeah. the governor could just keep on extending the state of yeah, emergency something like every 30 days it has to be approved by i the think they give him like almost 90 days though oh is it 90 days i think so it might be 90 i think days. i read that recently but again why would the governor sign this he did though no, he hasn't. It just I thought got he passed. Did. It just passed sure? the house like this week. Like I thought Thursday. that was part of the. I thought that was part of the um, uh, finance bill or something like that. Or the finance. Oh, you're talking uh, about last year. I think there was something last year that they stuck in the budget. I don't remember yeah. all those details, but there was something that they just this passed year too. This week. Interesting. 
this week to supposedly tighten things even down. more. Um, and but the question is, Hopefully why would good. he sign this thing? Why oh, would he? he might, why would he, he might sign not. something that is going to affect his authority, well, so-called authority? He's not running for governor for next yes, year. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. I thought he, he was going to run for changed his mind. Senate? Senate or nope, something. he changed his oh, mind. Oh, interesting. He okay. uh, he kept falling in popularity. Okay, and so he chickened among, out. I mean, he has the lowest popularity among the Democrats right now. Yeah, which so, is interesting hmm. because he wants more authority to become authoritarian during times <laughs> of crisis. But anyway, go but, go ahead with the story, Bonnie. Well, it says. It's a cynical take, to be sure, but it contains more than a nugget of truth. The idea that if you let politicians break the law in an emergency, they will create an emergency in order to break the law. Mm -hmm. Progressives have long been frustrated by the American system, which was designed to disperse centralized power, something they feared above all else. Quote, the accumulation of all powers, legislative, executive and judiciary in the same hands, whether of a one, a few or many and whether hereditary, self-appointed or elective may justly be pronounced in the very or may justly be pronounced the very definition of tyranny James Madison wrote in the Federalist Papers. Yeah, but the thing is, it's all in the same hands anyway. It doesn't matter if they're mm. Republicans or Democrats. They just fight over the details. Mm. They all love power, and they all. I think they pretend to fight over the details and pass whatever they're going to pass anyway. Yeah. It says for this reason, the founders created a Federalist system with numerous checks and balances that's system- how that work out yeah. yeah that system endured stubbornly for generations but over the course of the 20th century the checks and balances eroded hmm. not so much sl- slowly as sporadically in his book crisis and crisis and leviathan economist robert higgs points out that there's a pattern to the erosion of constitutional limits on power they happen during crises in 2020 sure. the crisis was the pandemic which precipitated lockdowns and the most widespread infringements on economic freedom in the U.S. history, yep. which saw the top 1% accumulate a record percentage of wealth. Some businesses are still empty. I mean, they're, the lady that uh, went out, two of her three restaurants went out of business. Yeah, sure. those things are still empty. She hasn't had a new uh, you know, renter in, the, in that space in more than a year, almost two years now uh, at this point. There are, you know, still store shelves that are partially empty as well. We were just at the grocery store today. At least two of the freezers were almost completely empty hmm. at uh, at the Aldi grocery store. These are large freezers yeah, that lay freezers. down. Yeah, they're not just, you know, even those refrigerator size ones are kind of bigger. I wonder. I wonder what people would say if you asked them why they like like why. Like I want to say, why are they are not going out to eat? Like I wonder, would they say because I don't have the money, or would they say because of, they're afraid? They're afraid, or is or it? Like, would, say, or would like, it be because they don't want to go into a restaurant wearing a mask and get harassed? Yeah, like, I mean, it's like, a mixture of all of those things. What, yeah, I mean, it's it's because it's like I I'm not surprised if the, it would have an economic impact regardless of what the government did, but to the degree that it did is I, that's what I'm kind of curious about. Like what what the makeup is? Some places that used to be 24 hours are no longer 24 hours because they just don't have the staff. Yeah, right. Uh, to there's deal a, with it. There's lots of food places that I would never want to go to anymore because I know that the people in there are wearing masks and just coughing without covering their mouth because they're wearing a mask and touching their mask all day, sweating on it and breathing into it all day. We got more coming up if you want to join us here. Uh, plus the Australian Northern Territory. They're locking down against unvaccinated people. We'll tell you about it coming up. This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. 
The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. You can bring up anything that you want, whether you want to talk about uh, Australian authoritarianism, which is what we're going to get into here. The Northern Territories are now locking down for unvaccinated people. Or you can bring up anything that you want. Plus the tennis star that is being held in a hotel run by the government, which is now known for immigration detentions and maggot-ridden food. We'll tell you about that if we get the chance as well. Uh, But also we're raising funds for Give Directly, which is the first nonprofit that allows you to give money directly to people living in extreme poverty. They locate recipients who are in need and they use mobile money to send them cash. No strings attached. In the last decade, Give Directly has given over $400 million to over a million people. Research shows that giving cash to people living in poverty can help drive a range of important positive changes in their lives, like employment, nutrition, health, and education. Plus, cash allows individuals to invest in what they need instead of relying on aid organizations and donors thousands of miles away choosing for them. And if that's what you prefer, we agree. You can go to give.freetalklive.com and you can help give directly. Help families in Bamet and Kalifi counties in Kenya right now. And we will match up to $30,000 total in donations. So head over to give.freetalklive.com. I got audio here from Michael Gunner. This is the Northern Territory Chief Minister, as he is called, uh, as he announces. I will now go through each of these decisions. More mandates. First, the lockout. The fully vaccinated can continue as they were. For people who are not vaccinated, lockdown rules will apply to everyone 16 and above. If you are not fully vaxxed, stay home. So I guess that just means that they don't mind Omicron, uh, you know, going ahead and thriving in their country because it's been proven that Omicron doesn't care if you're vaccinated or not. It's correct. Not that I think it's an actual threat. People even said that Omicron is less um deadly than the other variants it's more like a cold than the other cold like this is this is basically just a step to punish those who are having not in agreement on this yeah Yeah. absolutely all this is and by the way don't forget remember they always say that you know flus and things like this get worse during the wintertime it's summertime there right now Mm. yeah it's summertime in uh, in australia so yeah this is totally about punishment this is totally about taking away uh your rights and let's continue you are at greater risk of catching COVID, becoming ill, and needing hospital care. You may only leave home... Except that risk is almost zero. Okay? The idea that you're going to need hospital care if you are a younger person who's under the age of 80 and you don't have crazy comorbidities and you're not fat, Mm. you have almost no risk of anything. In fact, most people who have COVID never even know it because they're completely asymptomatic. (laughs) But regardless, statistics don't matter. All that matters is fear. For three reasons. Medical treatment, including COVID testing or vaccination. He's going over the three reasons that you have, if you are unvaccinated, to leave your home in Northern Territory. What were you going to say? Never mind. So medical, you got to go to the hospital for something. Okay, you can leave for that. That's one. For essential goods and services like groceries, power tokens, medications. To provide care and support to a family member or person who cannot support themselves. That's it. Those are the only reasons they say in the Northern Territories of Australia that if you are unvaccinated, you are allowed to be outside of your house. Not to take a walk, to be healthy. Nope. In fact, he specifically tells you here in just a moment that exercise is not included. 
You cannot travel more than 30 kilometers from your home when leaving for one of the three reasons mm-hmm. or the nearest practical destination. So if, if your you, family member who can't take care of themselves lives more than 30 kilometers from your home, then just forget about them. They're going to die. Or the nearest the, practical destination. Isn't that the exception, though? No, yeah, the exception, exception is, no, that. even during the exceptions, he said, if you're leaving your home for one of those exceptions, cannot leave if it, or you cannot go for more than 30 kilometers. I think that, but then he says, or the nearest practical destination. So Northern Territories is a lot of nothing there, for yeah. instance. So if you're living out in the middle of nowhere and like the nearest grocery store is 40 kilometers away, <laughs> then you're allowed to go to that grocery store. That's, that's basically it. You need to go to the hospital as more than 30 kilometers from your home, that's okay. The only three reasons, there, sorry, there are only three reasons to leave the home now, not five. Work is not a reason to leave the home. Making money is not a reason to leave the home. <laughs> so basically being able to pay for the food that you, right. for the, the essential stuff that they tell you, but you can't make money to actually pay for it. Yeah. Work is not essential, yeah. is what he just told people. Used to be able to leave for that reason. Under the previous lockdown... Yeah. But since people were so obedient and they did what they said uh, and they stayed home and they obeyed and they did what the government gang told them, well, now they're making it even more strict. Now you can't even go to work. Oh, what's that? You don't have the skills to be able to work from home? Your job doesn't allow you to work from home? Maybe you're a construction worker or <laughs> you're a, plum- a plumber or something like that. Uh, nope. Sorry. You're just going to have to what? What are you going to do? Starve. I mean, I guess you could do phone sex or something like that. I mean, there's always something that I suppose that you can do from yeah, home. Yeah, those but... skills are not <laughs> available to everyone. Yeah, right. I know you're, right. I know you're good with with that, but with, with radio, <laughs> but some of us are not so great with that. Yeah, exactly. You shouldn't have to choose a career based on where you're forced to be. I mean, you might as well just be in a jail cell. Right, because if you can't even leave, it's worse than jail cell because yeah. you can't feed yourself. I bet yeah. it's a lot At least harder. in jail, they'll feed you. That's usually, true. that's a good point. And I bet in, in Australia, it's like impossible to find an online job right now. Why? Where yeah, you I don't can, know. Yeah, because everybody wants to go get the online jobs, the stay at home jobs. Yeah, there probably is a lot oh. of demand for that. Hmm. All right, so there's one more thing, right? So he's saying you can't work. So what's the other thing that you can't do? For the unvaccinated, the chief health officer has also determined that restriction of movement is critical right now. And that one hour of exercise for the next four days is not essential. The health minister has determined that exercise is not essential. So here's <laughs> here's a question. This is did I am I understanding that this is this is for four days? Well, I mean I, I don't know if it's only for four, four days. days to as far the curve. As, I don't know if it's four days for uh, just the non-exercise or what. It's not really clear how long this is going to last for. I it, it, yeah I mean it's just like okay so here's the thing like it sounds way more reasonable if it was for like a short period of time but if it's if it goes on for any length of time then it becomes extraordinarily unreasonable right well it's never reasonable to tell people that they can't go to work and that well, they aren't allowed to exercise okay, in this circumstance I agree with you a hundred percent I could see maybe some sort of circumstance where it's like okay if you leave the house you're gonna die so. But I mean, then let the people make their own choices. Right, right. And I agree with you on that, right? Like, like if you're literally, people are literally dying in the streets. So then pe- change, more people are going to choose not to leave their changes house. Changes to advice, right? And and then it sounds much more reasonable. Yeah. Oh, and apparently it is only for four days. So according to a story over at sbs.com.au, the lockdown will run until midday on Monday. But we know they keep extending these things. 
You know you can't believe these guys when they say, oh, it's only going to be two weeks. Yeah. And then it's three, and then it's four, and then it's, you know, two months. So color me skeptical that this is going to last just for four days. Anyway, here's the remainder of... uh, That's pretty much it. I think he's got like two more words. Remember, these restrictions only apply to those who are not fully vaccinated. Right. And and if you're, you know, halfway vaccinated, you you think you did good enough. Nope, you got to stay home. You can't get out of your house to exercise. There's three reasons to leave home. I wonder if uh, getting getting fully vaccinated is in their exceptions or not, or if you're not allowed to go get vaccinated. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, for medical reasons. It said for the medical reasons. Um, I mean, it said for medical treatment. But didn't they say essential? Was it essential medical stuff or was it like routine? Oh, they're going to think that's essential. consider that essential. Um, essential? They called medical treatment getting tested for COVID. But it doesn't matter. Oh, they did? They said that? Yeah. It wouldn't matter if you got that first vaccination and got incredibly sick and said to yourself you know what i don't want to get another one of these yep because i got sick from getting the first one sorry you're now considered unvaccinated yeah and and i know people who have who who that's happened to actually oh yeah so they're like yeah i've gotten they got sick uh they got the vaccine they got sick and then they also got sick even though they were vaccinated at the time uh fully vaccinated and it was like it was. It actually, he thinks it made it worse. Hmm. If you want to join us here, you can. The number is 603-283-6160. You want to talk about authoritarianism, there it is. Crystal clear, although he is a little hard to understand with a heavy accent. Uh, but that's what we're dealing with. The number is 603-283-6160. And don't think that they can't do this where you are. We'll talk about the tennis star who's under quarantine in Australia coming up. here there's a number for you you can dial in at 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 it's ian bonnie and chris in the studio here tonight don't forget you can check out uh, more of what chris does he hosts his own show it's called freedom decrypted at freedomdecrypted.com there are archives going back for a few years now, plus uh, you can get them in video and audio format. You have a podcast for those that want to subscribe, and if you want to tune in live, you can do that on uh, around 5 o'clock Eastern Time on Saturdays at freedomdecrypted.com. Did I get all that? You got it perfectly. All right, very good. Check him out. It's a freedom-oriented tech show, so if you really enjoy the the tech talk that we had at the, the top of the show, it gets even deeper, and, yeah. uh, and that's where you can get all yeah, that. Yeah, it's, so. it's a tech show for uh, crippled people. Crippled people? <laughs> crippled people. Uh, no, it's a tech show for uh, prickly people. Very good. Check them oh, okay. out. Freedomdecrypted.com. We go to your phone calls and thoughts, and then if we get the chance, we'll talk about this tennis, like number one, I guess, tennis star or something who is currently in detention in australia as he just tried to go and attend some you know australian open apparently he's not being allowed to do that but first we go to olivia in arizona you're on free talk live happy friday night guys i just had to uh i had to share this because i found this on the osha website osha is occupational safety and health and health administration for anyone who doesn't know um osha.gov slash coronavirus slash safe work go down to number nine and it says note on recording adverse reactions to vaccines osha like many other federal agencies is working diligently to encourage covid19 vaccinations osha does not want to give any suggestion of discouraging workers from receiving covid19 vaccination or to disincentivize employers react a vaccination effort 
As a result, OSHA will not enforce 29 CFR Part 1904's recording requirements to require any employers to record worker side effects from COVID-19 vaccination at least through May 2022. Okay, so what does that mean? That usually they will require employers to record adverse side effects to things that they're mandating, but they're not going to do it with the COVID uh, vaccine because they don't want to discourage people from getting it. Is that is that correct, Olivia? That's a, what I understood, too. Huh. Okay. And Got this it. is the but organization that's um, being used to um, um, by Joe Biden to make people... Um, demand that their employees get the vaccine. I see. Okay, so there would normally mm. be a rule that OSHA mandates that these employers report these things. So they won't be required to, so they're waiving that rule, but that doesn't mean that they can't report them. It just means they're not required to, basically. It it does say that uh, right under that it says individuals may choose to submit adverse reactions to the federal vaccine mm. adverse event reporting system. Mm. But, I mean, how many people are going to bother to do that? Yeah, why, yeah, why would they give themselves extra I mean, work? How many people are even aware that, that they exists. would have to do that? And yeah. they don't normally. Yeah, so. That's a great point. Yeah. Olivia, anything else you want to share? No, thank you guys. It's good talking to you. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Uh, number 603-283-6160. According to Yahoo Sports, Novak Djokovic is a world number one tennis player with more than $150 million in prize money to his name. But this year, Melbourne is reportedly putting him up in a hotel best known for immigrant detentions and maggot-ridden food. The nine-time Australian Open champion has been stripped of his entry visa by border control agents for failing to give enough evidence that he is fully vaccinated against COVID-19 or has a valid medical exemption. So he was trying to come into Australia to go play at the Australian Open and is has not been able to get in. So they are now mandating that he stay in a government-controlled hotel I presume it was previously privately run, and then, you know, somehow the government got control of it, and they're using it as an immigration detention center. So you know that it is not a four-star hotel anymore. While he launched the legal ba- uh, launches a legal battle to overturn the visa decision and defend his title in a tournament that's less than 10 days from now, the 34-year-old Serbian is widely reported to be lodged in the city's Park Hotel. The dark brown brick and concrete building is a far cry from the residence that Djokovic enjoyed last year when tough COVID-19 restrictions forced players to exercise in their hotel rooms and balconies while in quarantine. Then Djokovic reportedly sent, but I presumably last year there was no vaccine, right? So they still had to let him in under their restrictions yeah, that but they had? They had. I think they had to quarantine for two weeks. Right. But no, you know, now they can say, oh, well, you have to have a vaccine and he's unvaccinated. Yeah. So uh, he sent a letter to Tennis Australia complaining about the luxury hotel's conditions and demanding players stay in private homes. This was a year ago with tennis courts and better food. This year, Djokovic is believed to be in an establishment housing around 32 detainees who cannot leave the hotel, and no one is allowed in or out except for staff. Migrants say that the rooms are very small. The Australia Border Control authorities have refused to confirm where he is staying, but the Park Hotel gained notoriety last December when a fire in the building forced refugees and asylum seekers to be evacuated. One person was hospitalized at the time. 
Uh, a week later, they've posted images to social media showing food that they'd been served, allegedly filled with maggots alongside of moldy pieces of bread. Yikes. So you're talking about a clearly government-run operation here that, you know, if this guy, this tennis star, wasn't being housed here, would not be getting the same kind of a- attention that it is right now. So, you know, how bad is this place really? How bad is it, you know, the rest of the year when the tennis guys, because they're probably not serving him with moldy maggots, you know? Oh, it's the government. I don't know. But earlier in October, a man, uh, men reportedly contracted COVID in the facility, <laughs> which has been the site of regular protests. Another detainee, Mehdi Ali, told AFP, that's the uh, French press, that although Djokovic is his favorite tennis player, he was saddened by the prospect of the star being detained there. Quote, the media will talk about us more, the whole world probably, which is so sad, just because Djokovic would be here for a few days. Unquote. Nearly 180 people have been released from detention at the hotel in the last year, and most of those remaining are said to have been brought into Australia for medical attention from their offshore detention in the tiny Pacific island of Nauru, and in Papua New Guinea's Manus Island. Previously, it was known as the Ridges Hotel and served in 2020 as a COVID quarantine hotel and subsequently was blamed for being the source of a wave of infections in the city. So, <laughs> yeah, apparently the uh, government didn't do so good at quarantining people there. It's so sad that they would do this to somebody who tried to come into the country instead of giving them the information up front, like, okay, if you come here... You're going to need this, this, and this, this, and this to prove that you're vaccinated or else you're going to get put into this hotel. Yeah. You know, I've, I I think I overheard a conversation with like, uh, I don't know, some, somebody and their doctor and, um, basically they were told they were given different sets of information. Like, like the doctors were giving them like Typical. proof and then like, I guess the, the state wouldn't accept that as mm-hmm. like, but that's what they gave. Like, that's what they did. So it's like, well, what do you, what do I, what am I supposed to do? Like, I can't get what you're, you know, what you got government is are, are demanding that i give you in order to do whatever it is because that's not what the that's not what the hospitals are giving well plus there is a medical exemption and he couldn't prove that he had the qualifications for the medical exemption so it may be that he was told hey you know if you've got a medical exemption we'll let you in yeah and then it's just one of those things where government bureaucrats you never know how they're going to enforce things mm. there's one thing about how they've written the rules down and then there's a whole other <laughs> interpretation and yeah. how the government bureaucrats read them yeah they'll tell you there's an exception to the you know there there is a an exception for you but they won't tell you that you actually have to prove you know prove your exemption right so you yeah. don't have the stuff to prove your exemption and then they won't let you in Djokovic is waiting in his temporary new home for news of his legal battle. Meanwhile, a crowd of uh, dozens of fans gathered in a nearby park playing music and protesting his detention. One of them, a female supporter, Gordana, said, Do you know how I'm feeling? I'm feeling sad. And I'm feeling that I lost part of my heart because of Djokovic. Djokovic is like my son. Well, I'm glad to hear that people care at least enough to uh, to speak out about this, but unfortunately, no amount of protesting is going to shut this thing down. Obviously, it didn't work when people were protesting the treatment of the immigrants. No, clearly not. And all of the protests that they've had in Australia have done nothing uh, mm. to stop this thing from getting worse now with uh, mandatory lockdowns in the, the Northern Territories. I wonder if uh, they're armed or if they're prohibited from being armed in Australians, mostly they're prohibited. They're yeah. completely disarmed. I disarmed. think you're allowed if you're like a, a rancher or something mm. out in the woods and you know or the in the whatever they call it, the bush. There. What do they do before guns? Nooses, I guess. They bring string up the noose and 
and then uh, well, it was a prison start hanging people originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I'm just trying to think like how do you how do you go about revolution? <laughs> You know, without guns, I guess. I guess you could start stringing up the politicians or something like Another that. Another protester said, "I'm here on behalf of all the people that are fighting for freedom. Whether it's for refugees, whether it's Novak, whether it's the people in general, the public, well over these mandates who are sick and tired of being restricted and freedom in general. And you know, it's our body, our choice. If only more people agreed with that. We'll see you tomorrow. FreeTalkLive.com.